What is up, sweet friends, and welcome to the Imperfect Success Podcast, the podcast teaching you, a success-driven perfectionist, how to finally ditch perfectionism and still enjoy the high achiever lifestyle. You probably know what an affirmation is. We've been hearing it all over the F and place, especially since it's been glamorized in the past few years on social media. However, affirmations are not as broad as they seem. There are very specific actions that affirmations need to take in order to feel good and work. So today we're going to be diving into the science of affirmations, including a study that completely blew my mind. And we're also going to talk about three tips on how to make your affirmations actually work. So let's dive in. If this is your first time here, I want to say a huge welcome. My name is Nicole Baker Holloman. I'm a coach for perfectionists and an international speaker and a recovering perfectionist myself. I don't know why I said recovering so weird. Recovering perfectionist myself. So I personally grew up in the personal development world. As many of you all know, my parents worked for Tony Robbins and other major gurus in the personal development space. And I've been hearing the word affirmations my whole dang life. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to pull back the curtain here for a second. I have a very, I don't want to say love-hate because that feels very extreme, but I have a very um, wishy-washy relationship with affirmations because I think that they are thrown around so haphazardly. And I hear this so often from people. They're like, I'm saying the damn affirmations and nothing's freaking working. And it's because I think that there there has been so much glamour, glamorization, mm, that's a word, glamorization of affirmations for clickbait, for likes, for shares on social media that sound really sexy. But when you say them to yourself, they don't freaking work. And so I feel like there's been a lot of people saying, oh my God, affirmations just don't work for me. So I must be broken. And that kills me. It absolutely kills me because it's not true in the slightest. Affirmations do work. I personally have a different word for them, which is incantations, because in my opinion, affirmations, you just say them. Sometimes people are like, oh, well, I just say them once. And then I've never said them again, but my mindset didn't change. So I don't understand. And it's like, you've been shitting on yourself for your whole freaking life. And you expect to say one nice thing. And suddenly that relationship's repaired. No, if you were friends with someone and you talked so negatively to their face, you probably wouldn't be friends with them anymore, but you would not have a very good relationship with that person. And then if you said one nice thing to that person, that person's not probably going to go, oh, you're so right. I totally trust you, Carly. You're amazing. My entire relationships with you has changed and I'm going to be the best friend to you the rest of your life. No, that's not how we work. We'd be like, thanks, Carly. That was weird. Like normally you're a bitch. I don't understand. And so whenever someone's like, I said my affirmations and it's not working, it's like, did you expect to make it work on the first try? Absolutely not. So there's so much conditioning that goes into affirmations. And there's so much rewording around how affirmations can work to their fullest effect. And that's when we're going to dive into some research here in tip number one. But before we start talking about that, I just dunked on affirmations for a few minutes. Let's talk about why they actually work for a second. Why are affirmations something that 
are so popular and are so, you know, were so glamorized in the first place. First and foremost, there's a reason why they actually work, and that's because of something in our brain called neuroplasticity. I can't even say it. Neuroplasticity, which is basically just a fancy word for saying our brain is constantly changing. It's constantly shaping, it's constantly morphing, and it's constantly deciding on what are new things we want to believe. But here's the issue. When so many of us have our um, daily thoughts on autopilot, which by the way is kind of what our brain is programmed to do is save energy by having our brain go on autopilot. When we are constantly just on autopilot with like, okay, well, I'm just going to think the same things I automatically think every single day. Typically, those tend to be more negative leaning. Not always, but if you're here, odds are they probably are. And that's okay. That's part of our brain. We are programmed to look at the negative far more than we are to look at the positive. That is something called negativity bias. We have an entire episode on it. I will link that episode in the show notes, but the long story short of it, and I really recommend you listen to that episode, by the way, because we go a lot more into the science of it. But basically what it says is that our brains are always looking more towards the negative and giving it way more effing weight. Like, you know, when you go, um, I used this example in the episode, I believe, when you go out to coffee with a friend and everything was amazing. It was so fun. Maybe she's like a bit of a new friend, but you said one weird thing. One thing that was just kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You don't remember the rest of the conversation. You remember and fixate on that one really negative moment. That's thanks to negativity bias. Basically, it's because way, 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 way back when, when we were out hunting and gathering in caves and tribes and stuff like that, like the basis of our human programming, when we were doing all of that and we were walking down the path, we're do, 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 going on our day and we see berries. Oh boy, berries, our favorite type of berries. Maybe so so at camp it's their favorite berries we love them oh my gosh she's gonna be so excited and then we turn to our left and holy shit there's a saber-toothed tiger so we're facing off with the saber-toothed tiger right now but there's also these berries that are so wonderful which is our brain going to remember because it's not the fucking berries absolutely not our brain will remember the saber-toothed tiger because it's what threatened our survival here's the really important part of negativity bias because it threatened our survival, our brain stores that away to say, hey, I'm protecting you. Hey, I'm going to make sure you remember this. You don't have that happen again. And I'm doing my job of keeping you alive. Now, while maybe having, you know, middle of the day coffee with this new friend and you saying something that's a little embarrassing or maybe just something that makes you go, oh, why did I say that? Maybe that's not life and death. Maybe that's hopefully not a saber toothed tiger situation. But our brain is still wired to immediately go to that base level programming of, oh my God, that was something that threatened my survival. Because, and honestly, in this instance is a really good one, because maybe friend that you're sitting across from will reject you. Maybe she'll 
cast you aside from the community that you're trying to be a part of. When we have a we have a base level human need for connection, for being with other people, that is just hardwired into our system. Yes, even you introverts, I promise it is a thing. We need it for survival. And so our brain is saying, oh my God, I said something weird. She's going to reject me as a threatening of our survival. Again, so all of this coming back to our neuroplasticity, all of this coming back to our affirmations talk, a lot of people have their day just going on autopilot with these negative bias leaning automatic thoughts. And they're wondering, why am I not changing? Why is it so hard to feel good? Why is it so hard to get out of bed in the morning? Why is it so hard to go after my goals? Why is it so hard to stop procrastinating? Why am I wasting so many hours on social media? Because everything else seems so, 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 so hard. It's because your brain is just going about its day on autopilot. But we have this thing called neuroplasticity, which basically means with intention, that's the important part. Note how I slowed down and said that very specifically. With intention, our brain will morph and change. Think about it this way. This is really where we're getting into the growth mindset versus fixed mindset of the brain. Now, if you were like, whoa, Nicole, what the heck did you just say? Growth mindset and fixed mindset, this is something we're going to be talking about quite a bit. And we're actually going to be referencing the person who created growth, or not created, but who discovered, I don't know if discovered is even the right word either. We'll use it just for lack of a better one, who discovered growth mindset. We're going to be referencing her work quite a lot in just a moment. But growth mindset and fixed mindset are basically these dichotomy of mindsets that people believe one or the other. Um, This is one of those things where I haven't really seen a whole lot of gray area, but to be honest, this is not my field of research. So take that with a grain of salt. But Fixed mindset basically means that you come out of the womb believing that you have all the intelligence, all the resources, all the smarts, all the whatever that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Now, some of you might hear that and be like, well, of course not. Obviously, there's no way I can ever think that. Hmm. <laughs> Shakuse, hold on. Because if you're going into a, um, let's say, a math class and you don't know how to answer the first question because you haven't learned how to do that kind of math problem yet and you're beating yourself up saying, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. Hello, that's that is fixed mindset right there. It is believing that in this moment, I have all the smarts I'm ever going to have in my life and I'm never going to be able to learn how to do this. It's very black and white thinking, leaning more into that. I'm never going to be able to do X. Growth mindset, however, is same situation. You're in a math class. You haven't learned this problem. It's saying to yourself, okay, I don't know this yet, but I'm going to learn. That's the simplicity. That's the most simple version I can say of growth mindset. But growth mindset leans into the power of neuroplasticity because it's saying, well, if I don't know how to play kickball right now, I can learn if I put in the time and effort and the hours to become as good as I want to be in kickball. Now, a lot of high achievers tend to lean into more growth mindset. Hey, good job us. But as a result, we tend to say, oh man, well, I'm not the best in the world at it yet, so I can't be good. I can't keep going. So there is this like kind of interesting, um, this interesting double-edged sword with this here because they say, oh, well, I know I could learn, but I have to be the best on the first try. So do you hear how funny that it's it's very interesting. We don't give our, ourselves the time 
often as perfectionists to lean into that neuroplasticity and to lean into how can I learn? How can I enjoy it? But we know we can. We know we can be the best in the world at everything we want to be the best in the world at, but we just don't want to put in the time and effort or we don't feel like we should have to put in the time and effort. So I'm going to actually argue, I'm, I'm going to argue my first point and say that that's actually way more lean towards fixed mindset. So look at me contradicting myself. A, but Carol Dweck, who is a professor at Stanford, is before every one of her classes, at least is what I hear through the grapevine, before every one of her classes, she basically addresses the fact that, hey, those of you who are in here with fixed mindset, we're going to need to work on that and really lean towards growth mindset because you do not know everything you are going to learn in this class right now. You are going to learn it through the year, which is kind of the basis of human learning. How interesting. So you might be saying, Nicole, what the hell does this have to do with affirmations? A lot of us are walking around with fixed mindsets and our neuroplasticity is not halting because it's part of our biology, but it's not working to its full potential, definitely, because we are not exercising that muscle. And if we're walking around with these fixed mindsets saying, oh, I'm as, as, I'm as intelligent as I'm ever going to be. I can never figure out how to make more money. I can never figure out how to start my own business. I can't figure out how to go after that goal. Did, did, did. I can't figure out how to get the promotion because I don't know how to yet. It's basically this huge halt in our system of being able to learn or know, maybe I don't know all the steps to go after my goal right now. By the way, some of you need to hear this. So I'm going to go back a second. You might not know all the steps to achieve your goal right now, but because you do not know all the steps to achieve your goal, does that mean you can't start on step one? That is a very fixed mindset thinking. It's saying, if I don't know all the steps between where I am right now and becoming a fucking millionaire, I can't take step one. Whereas growth mindset is, I may not know all the steps between now and becoming a millionaire, but I do know step one and I can do that. So affirmations really do require us to lean into that growth mindset. Now, I've had people ask me, they're like, well, I definitely have a fixed mindset. Does that mean I'm fucked? Does that mean I can never adopt a growth mindset? No, that's fixed mindset thinking around growth mindset. Ah, uh, gotta, gotta. The, the irony there, it's it's not lost on me. But um. What I will say is that when you are leaning more into growth mindset, you are going to have to challenge a lot of those fixed mindset thinkings, which affirmations do require us to address. Now, in tip number one, which is something that is fucking mind-blowing to me, and we'll get to that in a second, we do really have to require us leaning into that growth mindset because what a lot of people are doing with their affirmations is they're trying to shove an affirmation into a fixed mindset and the fixed mindset's like, mm, that's not true. So I don't believe it. So all of this to say, let's go ahead and dive into these three tips on what we can do to not only make our affirmations work better for us, but to also allow ourselves to feel the benefits that affirmations are supposed to have rather than questioning, 
Am I just broken? Is this never going to work for me? Real quick, before we get back to the show, if you're someone with a lot of goals, but you never seem to be accomplishing them as quickly as you want, or you're so overwhelmed by all the goals you want to accomplish, plus your daily to-dos on top of that, that you end up procrastinating on these dreams of yours, and then you beat yourself up for doing so. If any of this sounds like you, then I invite you to join me on a free 30-minute discovery call. Now, before you're like, oh God, here we go. This is not your average coaching discovery call. I will not just sit there and listen to your struggles and say, huh, well, in coaching, we would address those. Absolutely not. On these calls, we do actual coaching. We break down your goals. We strategize on how to stop getting in your own way. And plus, you'll leave with clear action steps that you can take, whether you choose to sign on as a private client or not. Through these calls, I've had people launch businesses, get their first clients and customers, gain 10 hours of free time in their week, and even launch a product that gained 10K in revenue, all from just 30 minutes together. So if you'd like to join me on one of these free 30-minute calls that truly might just change your life, the link to schedule yours is in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Tip number one is, this is where I'm going to address a lot of scientific studies. I have all these studies linked in the show notes. This is the thing that I heard um, was it just this morning? Oh my God, it was. And it required me to actually change the entire episode that we were doing um, because I thought that it was so fascinating and everyone needs to know this. So I was listening this morning to a podcast called Huberman Labs. It's with Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's also a professor at Stanford. So he's a colleague of Dwex. And it's a fantastic show. If you guys are very um, left brain thinkers, you like to know the neuroscience of things, you're going to just get off on the show. It's freaking amazing. But he was talking about this whole growth versus fixed mindset thing. And he started referencing this study. And this study is called Praise for Intelligence Can Undermine Children's Motivation and Performance. And I'm going to say that again. Praise for Intelligence Can Undermine Children's Motivation and Performance. Now you might hear that and be like, what? (laughs) How is that possible? But what this study did, and by the way, this is a study with Carol Dweck and Claudia Mueller. And they set aside two the two children they set aside two groups of children there we go and one group of children they praised their intelligence they said oh my gosh you're so smart you're so amazing well done they praised an identity about them and the other one the other group they praised their um verbs, for lack of a better word. They said, you're such a hard worker. Man, you really choose the hardest problems and you go after them. You um, do such an amazing job at um, uh, trying again and trying again. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first was hearing this, I was like, oh, well, obviously, the first group of children who are praised for their intelligence, because we talk so much about identity on the show, where we were praised for their intelligence, of course they did better. Of course they got higher grades. You guys, the jaw drop that happened with the next part absolutely floored me because no, that is not true. They actually did worse on tests. They chose questions that were easier and that they knew they could get right rather than ones that were challenging and that they had the slight chance that they'd get wrong. And... When at the end of the test and they graded themselves, they lied about their grades to seem more intelligent, to seem more um, smart. Whereas the other students picked harder questions 
so that they'd stretch themselves. They did more questions and answered more correctly. And at the end, they did not lie. They graded them exactly as like as honestly as they could. So what this told Dweck, and this is, I'm just going to super summarize the second half of this research, basically, is that when we praise ourselves or praise another person for something that they are or something that we believe about their identity, they actually tend to do worse in that field versus if we praise them for a verb or an action that they're doing, they tend to do better. So what this told us about affirmations is that when we say I am blank, so like let's go with, um, here's what I'm seeing a lot on social media. I am wealthy. I am wealthy. If you're not feeling very wealthy in that moment, first of all, you're going to say that out loud and you're going to be like, well, fucking bullshit. I'm not wealthy right now. I'm not wealthy. Versus if you say I am capable of creating more and more wealth every day or I am capable of figuring out how to make more money. Those are two very different statements, but one might feel a lot more achievable. And it's still an affirmation. And in fact, it's going to cause you to start thinking like someone who is capable of figuring out how to make more money versus someone who says they're wealthy, but they don't actually believe it. So immediately that's cutting off the creativity muscle for them to figure out how to become more wealthy. Is your mind blowing? Because mine freaking blew when I learned this. So since I heard this this morning, I've been toying around with this. I've been playing around with I am capable of blank. I am a hard worker. And to be honest, like for a while, I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that one. Da, 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 da. I'm going to do a whole episode on hard work versus hustle coming up soon because I think that those are two very different things and they often get very confused in this society. But I am capable of being a hard worker. I am capable of building the business that I want. I am someone who is um, more than able to figure out how to run an intelligent business. I don't know. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass right now. But when we praise ourselves and create affirmations around a verb, we are more likely to buy into it on the first try. God damn, oh, this is so cool. So I want you to think about an uh, an affirmation that you've been saying to yourself or that you want to believe about yourself. So maybe it is, I am wealthy. Maybe it is, I am intelligent. Maybe it is, I am a badass boss bitch CEO. It's whatever you want it to be, as long as it makes sense to you. And I want you to turn it into a verb. I want you to turn it into something that is an action affirmation rather than a statement about your identity that your brain, quite frankly, just might not believe yet. So like I said, I'm going to link all of these studies in the show notes. I highly recommend you check them out. They are fucking dense, but they're really, really interesting. And I also recommend you check out that um, episode from Huberman Labs because it was just amazing. But let's move on to affirmation tip number two, and that is get your body involved. So I want you to think about when you're in a state of, like, let's say stress or anxiety or just feeling really fucking down on yourself. What is your body like? 
You're probably like a little bit more hunched in your shoulders. Maybe they're tight up against your ears. You're probably a little bit more like uh, condensed. You're taking up less space. Maybe your arms are tucked in and maybe, um, you know, your legs are crossed. You're sitting cross-legged or even in the fetal position. We tend to take up so little space when we are in a state of distress, so if I'm in a state of distress, I'm taking up super little amounts of space. My bo- my excuse me, my mind is going to follow what my body is doing because the mind and the body are so connected. So if I say, okay, I'm in this I'm in this little ball, I'm in the fetal position. If I say, I am intelligent, I am capable of being a business owner. My body's going to be like, "Bullshit." My mind's going to follow, "Bullshit, Nicole, that's not true." Versus if I stand up, even if I don't want to, even if I'm like, oh God, this feels so hard. If I'm ready to start believing in affirmation and change my state, which by the way, that's a very important sentence. If I am ready to start changing my state, then I'm going to stand up. I'm going to roll my shoulders back. I'm going to put my head up. I'm going to take up some more space, maybe even do the Patrick starfish where I literally just star it out for a second. I am going to get my body involved and I'm going to say, um, I am capable of figuring out any problem in my business. Boom, right there. If I'm doing that, my body is way more likely to believe it for two reasons. One, I'm taking up space. Immediately, my brain chemistry is going to follow my body and say, whoa, Nicole's not usually doing this. Nicole's not usually taking up so much space. She must feel powerful and, um, you know, more worthy of taking up space in this moment. I should pay attention because whatever she's about to say is probably important, which is true. Also, if we're so used to taking up very little space and being super, super small, and then suddenly out of nowhere, we boom, take up a lot of space or Patrick star it out, like I always say, um, our brain is going to say, this is different. This is way different because this is not what we're used to. Something must be up. I need to pay attention, which activates not, excuse me, which activates our prefrontal cortex, aka where we make new decisions, where we um, start to believe new affirmations, where we're more on is like, that's a super simplified way of saying it, but it's just basically the I am on and present part of our brain. So if I'm activating the prefrontal cortex and I'm saying an affirmation that is an action verb, my brain is going to be like, whoa, I'm buying into this a lot easier versus if I'm in the habit brain or the autopilot brain, aka the basal ganglia, if I'm hanging out there and I'm just chilling, I'm taking up very little space, my brain's going to be like, uh, what did you just say? Did you just say an affirmation? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you because I was saving power by being in the autopilot zone. So this is so important because these are so connected. One of the easiest ways we can get our brain out of the autopilot is to do something different with our body. Make a move, dance around, take up space in Patrick Star. Um, one of the things that I've been doing recently, which um, I got a shout out to my therapist who's freaking amazing, recommended to me, is putting my legs up the wall. I like will just put my back against the ground. I'll scooch my butt all the way up to the wall and I'll put my legs up. And so almost like I'm a 90 degree angle. And by doing so, not only do I change my breathing pattern because my blood flow is changing because gravity. But as a result, I'm changing my breathing pattern, which is activating new parts of my brain, which is making it easier for me to calm down and get out of survival mode and get out of anxiety. And it's making me easier. It's making it easier for me to be able to say things like, 
I'm capable of being a speaker. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling some out of my butt right now. Cause to be honest, I'm workshopping a lot of affirmations and I kind of want to keep those close to the chest right now. So I'm just going to pull one out of my butt. So I am capable of being this amazing speaker. Let's say that that's my affirmation. And as a result, I'm putting my legs up the wall. I'm breathing deeper and I'm able to be more calm and present. Maybe my prefrontal cortex is more activated because I'm less in my amygdala, my five flight freeze response, so on and so forth. So by activating my body in different ways, I'm able to activate my affirmations to be more powerful. Whoo, getting heated. I love this. Number three, last tip. So just a quick refresh. Tip number one, do an action verb affirmation versus an identity affirmation. Not only will your brain believe it more, but you'll be leaning more into growth mindset. Woohoo! Number two, get your body involved. Do something different. Get out of your normal bodily state. Uh, move around. Do a move. Do a dance. Uh, put your legs up the wall. Do the Patrick Star. Whatever you want. Do the Patrick Star. That sounds like a Cupid shuffle verse. Um, whatever you want, but do something to get your body out of its normal state. So you're getting out of that normal state of your brain and activating the part that's actually going to be paying attention to your new affirmation. Number three, by the way, these are all three working in conjunction with each other. I strongly recommend minimum doing two out of the three, ideally doing three out of the three, but we're also not trying to do 100% on this podcast because we're perfectionists. We're trying to overcome that. So two out of the three is amazing, um, but really kicking it into high gear is three out of the three. Last but not least, number three is write down these affirmations and put them somewhere you're gonna see. (laughs) I get really heated with this one because the amount of times I talk to people And they're like, I don't understand why my affirmations aren't working, or I don't understand why this new mindset or belief is not working. And I say, okay, like, you know, finish the sentence, out of sight, out of, and they go, mind, oh, I don't have it anywhere in sight. And I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. Because as we're going through our day, we are, again, hitting that autopilot button. If the theme of this episode is we're in autopilot so much of the day, I've done my job. Like This is like a really good theme of this episode because it's so true. But since we are on autopilot so much of the day, it is up to us to activate that growth mindset, to activate it intentionally by noticing things that are not normal that will activate us to get out of that Um, autopilot zone. So writing down your affirmations and sticking them places that you are going to actually see them and be able to be like, oh, that's right. That's my affirmation. If you work from home, you best believe putting those affirmations on your desk is going to be huge. Where else do you spend a whole lot of time? Probably, um, if you're anything like me, you maybe spend some time in the morning getting ready. So having them on your bathroom mirror or in the mirror wherever you do your makeup or do your hair or shave or um, I've seen people even, I love this one, I've seen people who put their affirmations on a waterproof notepad in the shower. Fucking brilliant. I love that because there you're not distracted. You're just able to be present with your thoughts because you know those shower ideas? Mm. I had a really good shower idea the other day. I'm I'm literally tempted to make it a TED Talk. It was that good. I loved that shower affirmation so much. Not affirmation, that shower idea so much. But 
having your affirmations posted in your shower is a great way for you to be able to pay attention and have a few seconds to actually close your eyes, maybe take up some space. Maybe you got your hair, maybe you got some music on, maybe you have your um, hands, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe you have your hands like up in your um, up in your hair so your arms are outstretched a little more so you're taking up more space and saying your affirmations. How fucking beautiful is that? Um, other places on your background of your computer, I've seen people go on to Canva and create these gorgeous affirmation um, like canvases basically and having them as the background of your computer. I've seen people um, uh, paint them. I personally have two different, they're not really necessarily affirmations. They're just two quotes I always want to remember posted not posted, hung up right behind me in my office and I painted them myself. Um, I've seen people have them as alarms on their phone. I've seen people make them into coffee mugs. I mean, get creative here. <laughs> like, there's so many different options. Um, one of my favorites is the alarm on your phone where you're going throughout your day and you have your affirmation as an alarm like two or three different times throughout the day. So it's literally something that forces you to stop and look at it. Love that shit. Um, saying it to a partner or a roommate at the end of the day and being like, we can't go to bed until we say our affirmations to each other. Like stuff like that is just a creative way to get yourself in the habit of saying them. Here's my biggest thing. We've gotten very uh, instant gratificationified, meaning we say them once, we don't have them written anywhere. We write them down in a journal. Maybe we do a diary entry of them three times during the week and we're like, well, why isn't it working? I don't understand. This is one of those things where you got to embrace a journey mindset around this because it is not one and done. It is not three and done. It is not five and done. It is constant, constant, constant conditioning. And that's part of the beauty of it. Because eventually it will become automatic thinking, yes. But I want you to think about how long You've conditioned yourself to think negatively about yourself. Maybe the antithesis of your affirmation right now. Maybe it's a limiting belief. Maybe it's a limiting mindset around yourself or whatever it is. But how long, truthfully, how long have you been conditioning that limiting mindset? Because it's probably been a fucking long time. And it I'm not going to say infuriates because we're human beings. We want things fast. We want change. But it does dishearten me to see how people don't get it on the first week and suddenly they think they're doing something wrong. You are not. You are not doing something wrong. It is quite literally just the affirmation needs some time to become as strong and stronger than the old way of thinking. So you're not broken. It's okay. It's going to take a second, but you got to embrace the journey thinking on this. So whew, those are our three tips on how to make affirmations actually work. Number one, action verbs, not identities. Number two, get your body involved. And number three, write them somewhere or put them an alarm somewhere, design them somewhere, whatever that you will actually see them, and be able to pause and condition said affirmation. Whew, we did it. Friends, let's do some quick segments and then we will sign off for the day. Number one, what is a goal that I am currently working on that I am going to celebrate? Um, to be quite honest, we're working on 
a few goals right now where I'm actually needing to pare them down because it was getting a little overwhelming. So um, one of the goals that we're celebrating is really going more in on the podcast. I'm really excited where this show is going. I see it being a lot bigger um, and continue to grow and even more and more and more than it is already. We switched um, podcasting platforms just recently. Uh, If you want to know the reasons behind that, you're welcome to DM me. I will give you my honest opinion, but I don't want to give it on here. Just, you know, being kind of kind of the world. Um, But we switched podcast platforms. I recently, you might notice the sound sounds a little bit differently this week, but that's because we got a boom mic. So I have the pod, the podcast mic like right up next to me and I don't have to touch it. I don't have to lean forward. Guys, I can sit back in my chair and podcast to you all and I don't have to touch a thing. I feel like such a fucking professional. There's just a lot of things that we're doing to upgrade the podcast right now. And it's making me um, feel really excited about where this is going. And um, there's a lot of stuff that I can't wait to share more with you all. So that is our goal to celebrate. Number two, how was I a perfectionist this week? A few of you have asked me like, why do we talk about this? It is because when I listen to a podcast of some personal development guru in the personal development space, so rarely, if ever, do they talk about them fucking up. <laughs> they don't, they only talk about how they get up at five in the morning. Every single morning, they write 24,000 pages in their diary. They meditate for three hours and then they go to the gym for 45 minutes. And then they go to the gym again for another 45 minutes. And then they do 75 hard all in one day. And it's just like, I just hear this like really glorification of I can do it. You can too. And it makes it seem like you don't have any room to to mess up. And so I really am a huge believer that personal development is gray. I don't believe it's this black and white that we're making it really out to be. And quite frankly, the black and white personal development that I grew up in was really harmful. Um, And it was one of the biggest reasons that I did become such a diehard perfectionist. So I want to pull back the curtain and show you guys how was I a perfectionist this week? Because I'm not fucking perfect at being a recovering perfectionist yet, even though I've been studying this for five years. So how was I a perfectionist this week? Last night, um, as some of you know, I actually don't think we've talked about it very much on the podcast. I volunteer for a TEDx cherry, excuse me, for a TEDx um, uh, board here in Colorado. It's TEDx Cherry Creek. And we just had our big open applications for speakers. And after, I don't even know how many, so many. I went cross-eyed after a while. I had to step away for a minute. We had so many speakers submit, which is freaking amazing. It was such a fun experience to be able to look through their uh, applications. But last night, me and the rest of the board sat down and picked the speakers. And I'm not going to lie, before going into this meeting, I was stressed. I was nervous because I was like, this is my first time doing this. What if I'm advocating for people who um, aren't going to be a good fit? What if they know something that I don't know? I was trying to be the masterful TEDx picker outer on the first try. And quite frankly, it wasn't until about halfway through the meeting where I was like, Nicole, you are not the only one picking these speakers. You can trust yourself to rely on your team here, like to know where to steer you. Like you can learn from them right now rather than demanding yourself to be perfect. And the second I had that realization, it was way more fun, 
I spoke up a lot more in different ways and we had some um, delightful debates, I think is the best way to put it. But um, it was a it was a really fun experience and I just feel really honored to be on this team. And one of the episodes I'm wanting to do coming up soon is basically like, how do you become a TEDx speaker? And I want to have our curator on um, that show so we can really talk about like the ins and outs of like what makes it good rather than just like throwing your hat in the ring. Um, Because I do see a lot of mistakes being made and a lot of people not realizing that they are mistakes. So um, it's been a really interesting journey and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it. My sweet friends, that is all that we've got to the, for the day. Do not forget to go use these affirmation tips. Two out of the three is amazing. Three out of the three will probably kick it into high gear, but we are not all trying to be 100%, 150% completionists. So keep in mind that if you're a recovering perfectionist and really leaning into that good is good enough attitude, I strongly recommend going with two out of the three. Pick your favorites. Um, please make one of them number one because that was a huge game changer um, that I'm noticing. So my sweet friends, that's what we got. I will talk to you soon. Bye.